Hi, thanks for tuning in. I am Cecilia Manella, and this is Therapist Thoughts. So this is a new um, video series I'm going to be start doing is hopping in and maybe not sharing so many tips around mental health, but more about helping you um, deconstruct maybe some issues that I see and we're all struggling with. It's just a different perspective. So I want to dive into this idea around body shame. Now, it's a really hot topic around um, hating ourselves as women so much. And then there's this rise of body positivity or body acceptance and whatever this thing that it is. And I'm not sure if you've noticed how some of it's really problematic. Now, when we talk about hating how we look or hating ourselves and you know, trying to lose weight or change what we look like or getting our hair done or doing all the things, all the things that women do in order to uh, build our self-esteem and have a connection to actually liking who we are or appreciating who we are or coming to a place of accepting what we look like. Then there's this body positivity movement or body acceptance movement, which seems to be co-opted in so many ways um, because it's still a lot of it looks like the same thing as just using different words. So the challenge I have with this is there's a couple of things that I have a challenge with. So number one is what I think about is like, where did we learn to hate ourselves? Where did we learn this? And these are potentially like journaling problems for you or just things to really think about. But I think about this all the time. How did we learn to hate ourselves? Where did this come from? Because if you've been around little people, so children, and if you've been around little girls in particular, at a certain age, up to a certain age, they're actually really free and they are climbing things and they're adventurous and they're full of emotion as they should be. They're really expressive and um, they're really curious and they want to know all the things and ask a million questions, which drives parents crazy, but they're very in tune to the world and they're no different than boys in the sense that they just want to know what's happening around them and they're just trying to understand where they fit into everything. Now, if that is true, it means that we're actually not born hating ourselves. It means that we are born in this really curious place and just wanting to understand the world around us and the humans around us. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So you were that child. I was that child. Everybody was that child in the sense that we're born perfect, perfectly curious, perfectly open, and just wanting to be aware of what's happening around us and trying to like understand the brain's wiring at that age is just trying to take in as much information as possible and categorize it and put it in a right place. So imagine like it's just a filing cabinet that is trying to file all the information under the right header of the file. So that's old school. So if you're talking about like digitally, it's on your computer, right? So there's something that happens at a certain age. Now I challenge you to think about what age that changed for you because it's different for everybody. So what we're seeing now clinically, we can tell you as a therapist, what we're seeing now is that change is um, around self-hatred is happening at a much younger age. So I've been doing this for 20 years. And I would say we used to be able to see this change around self-hatred or hating your body or what I look like um, is happened around like 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that range where it's like pre-pubescent, pre-puberty, kind of entering that puberty phase is where we saw the transition happen. 
And for um, clinically, we think about like therapists, we, we, the research attributed to, you know, hormone changes, um, becoming aware of our bodies in different ways, our bodies changing for women, for young girls in a different way. Um, there's attention from other people, other peers around developments of breasts or your hips and all the things. So we attributed to that. And we didn't spend a lot of time really thinking about the impact of social cultural, although it was there, but there was a lot more emphasis on the biology of things. Now we're seeing these um, changes around self-hatred and, and self-esteem and self-esteem defined as how we see ourselves. So do we see ourselves as a good person or a bad person? Do we see ourselves as someone who contributes or doesn't contribute? So self-esteem is just how we see ourselves. And we're seeing this change in development, especially with girls around hating themselves at a much younger age. We're talking like five, six, seven-year-olds who are actively engaging in not liking their thighs, hating their stomach, thinking that they're ugly, thinking that they're gross and disgusting, that they wish they had straight hair, they wish they had curly hair, they wish they had blonde hair. We're seeing that at a much younger age. And so there's something that's happening to our little people, children in our culture and our society that is teaching young, young babies to hate themselves. Now, that is problematic. So I want you to really think about is where did you learn to engage in the self-hatred and what feeds it? What makes it bigger? And so what we do with little girls is someone says, um, you know, I really hate my thighs. And our automatic reaction is to alleviate the suffering, to alleviate that, to say, no, 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 you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. You're all these things. And we try to do the reassurance. Now that doesn't actually work. It's great in many ways, like I, as an advice giver or someone who's trying to rescue this child from feeling this, I feel better about it because I've provided something different, but it doesn't change the narrative for that young person, for that child. It is much more empowering to ask questions of where did you learn to hate your thighs? Who are you comparing yourself to? It's helping to deconstruct this thought process um, that is embedded in their head that makes them want to verbalize it because it becomes a belief. So just the reassurance actually doesn't change belief systems. What we need to do is help children be critical thinkers to question, where did I learn this? Who am I comparing myself to? And what is my expectation of this body part? And what we want to be doing is facilitating body diversity, not always body positivity. So if we swing into body positivity, let's look at it this way. It's seems to be about uh, acceptance that feels a bit toxic in that no one is really challenging the roots of why we hate our bodies. It's just like, I just want to be positive about these things. Well, what I know to be true about belief systems and values and how your brain actually works, it's no different than giving assurances to a child. You're trying to give assurances to yourself and you're not teaching yourself to be critical thinking. It's just about I'm just going to be positive about this thing. Even though we have years of potentially decades of wiring around hating ourselves. And so then we get really frustrated when it doesn't work. And we go to a place of shame around, I'm not doing this hard enough. I'm not working enough. I'm not practicing it enough. There's something wrong with me that all these other women can have body positivity and look at them. And yet I can't achieve it. So again, it's a sale of something that's false that doesn't actually work. Now, the way to actually change this or work towards it is to think, what is the root of this? And here's another conundrum that I'm thinking about lately is what happens after that? Like there's no conversation around if I achieve body positivity and I, I come to this magical 
amazing place that apparently exists in the world, then what? I want you to really think about that. Then what? You spent your life obsessing about this. And then you want to get to this place, wherever this magical place actually is, and however it's defined, and it's changing how it's being defined every single day. Then what? What is the goal after that? And if there isn't something after that, then that means that no one gets there. It's like we're being sold a false, it's false. It's a bill of goods that doesn't actually exist. And we're so focused on this thing that we're actually not focusing on the root of the issue. And the root is, where did I learn to hate myself? Who benefits from me hating me? Who benefits from that? Because I sure as hell don't. So who benefits from me hating me? I can tell you for sure, the first thing that comes to mind is like, if I hate myself, I typically spend more and I'll eat more and I'll just consume more whether it's consuming more social or consuming more products or consuming more wine or consuming more chocolate or whatever it is. If I hate myself, I am going to spend more. And so that's who benefits from me hating myself. When we hate ourselves, we're constantly looking for something to make us feel better. We don't go internal. We typically go external. So I want you to really think about who benefits from you hating you, who taught you to hate you. It doesn't have to be one person. It can just be either family construct, it could be uh, family systems, it can just be the culture of your family, diet culture for women, watching our moms be on diet or watching our moms talk about how much they hate themselves. It can be bullying at school, it can be comparison in general, it can be a traumatic event or multiple traumatic events. There are lots of sources around rooting out this issue. And trust me when I tell you that rooting this out is much more powerful than trying to practice body positivity without rooting the actual issue that's there. Now, I want you to really think about this and be critical about how this came to be in your life. How do you sustain it? How do you keep feeding this hatred in different ways? Because you can have a revolution about it. You can be a rebel against it and push against it, knowing that we're being bombarded every single day, everywhere we look about what we should look like and that we should hate ourselves and that it's either hating ourselves or being positive about the fact that we've hated ourselves. But there's no conversation about who gifted this idea of us hating ourselves, of judging what we look like, that somehow that defines our value and our worth as a human on this planet, that somehow that is the only factor that's at play when we care about people or compassionate of people or how we show up in the world, that our only only purpose on this planet is to be self-absorbed and obsessed about our bodies and that that's what only other people will see is what we look like. So I want you to think about challenging and rooting out these issues because it doesn't make sense. If you step out of the whole picture and look at it from a 30,000 foot view and see the structure of it, it actually doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's full of contradictions and it's full of ways to set you up to feel like you fail again and again and again. And then what happens when you fail? We consume. We feel like shit and we consume. So this is just some of my pondering thoughts around the body positivity movement and self-hatred and what we look like. So I'm just sharing the therapist thoughts around how I see these social problems and ways that we could potentially uh, change how we are in the world by being critical and deconstructing, taking apart something to really understand how it functions and not see it as something that's wrong with you or something that's pathological to you. 
So I hope you found this a little bit helpful. If nothing else, at least a little entertaining. Drop me some comments and let me know what you think um, and what your own perspective on this is. I'd love to hear from you um, and understand how this shows up in your world and uh, what is helpful for you. Hope you have a great day.